Stem Cells at Lunch Digested is brought to you by the Centre for Stem Cells and Regenerative Medicine at King's College London. Thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you on our podcast series, Stem Cells at Lunch Digested. Uh, first, I would like to ask you to introduce yourself and uh, to tell us a, a bit about what motivated you to become a life scientist researcher. Uh, thank you for inviting me here today, and I also enjoyed it very much being here. Um, so my name is Tuzar Kalkan. Uh, I'm currently a postdoctoral research associate in uh, Professor Austin Smith Lab in Cambridge Stem Cell Institute. Um, before coming to Austin's lab, uh, I did my PhD in United States. I worked on a different subject uh, and different field that was um, Xenopus embryos. Uh, I also enjoyed that, but I needed a change, so I um, I moved to embryonic stem cell field. And I'm originally from Turkey. I did my degree, undergraduate degree in Turkey. Um, what motivated me to become a life sciences researcher? Um, I guess um, the first influence was from my um, high school science teacher. Uh, who explained biology in such an enthusiastic and enjoyable way that I got interested. Um, I was also very interested in chemistry. Um, so what I'm doing now is molecular biology, which, is, uh, which also involves biochemistry. And later, my interest in developmental biology was instigated by, again, a very special uh, person, a very good a uh, university lecturer, uh, Kirsten Sedler, uh, who gave an excellent developmental biology course um, when I was in the university, and that fascinated me. So that's how I moved to developmental biology and finally to embryonic stem cell field. That is really a nice story. In your work, you are currently studying the drivers of exit from naive pluripotency long train of hard words. Could you take a step back and explain what is pluripotency and why is it so important to understand what regulates it? Um, pluripotency is the potential of a single cell to give rise to all the types of cells that are found in an adult organism. Uh, if you think about it, it's an amazing potential for a single cell to be able to do anything. So I think understanding this fascinating phenomenon is uh, a good reason to study uh, and understand pluripotency. But for um, more translational approaches, of course, uh, we want to understand pluripotency uh, very well so that we can um, steer pluripotent um, embryonic stem cells into different directions to produce um, translationally relevant uh, cells for uh, regeneration purposes in humans. Um, also, as we know, uh, cancer is a disease of um, de-differentiation, in a sense, of a mature cell. So, and um, I think uh, many things that we can uh, find out in pluripotent stem cells can be applicable to um, 
to uh, the differentiation processes that happen uh, in a disease scenario in a, in a human body. I think that's why uh, it is important. You were using a huge amount of different techniques. You use basic cell culture techniques, and then you use high-throughput genome-wide screens. Do you rely on collaborations, or the majority of the work is in your hands? Uh, for the analysis of genome-wide uh, data, I rely on uh, collaborations. I rely on bioinformaticians. Um, and that's, all, I guess, the really the only part where I uh, rely on uh, other people in my work. And um, I wish I could... <laughs> I, that was also all under my control. But uh, yes, I do. I do. Mainly for the bioinformatics analysis. So what motivates you to go to work every day? Is it the curiosity and the excitement for new discoveries? Or do you envisage potential translational applications? A bit of both? Um, I guess the major factor is uh, curiosity and excitement of finding something new. Of course, it doesn't happen every day. It happens maybe like a major uh, advance comes a couple times a year, I would say. But I think you worked you work towards that every day. Um, I'm also, of course, interested in the translational aspect of uh, my work. I work on uh, mouse embryonic stem cells, but uh, what we find from those cells are directly apl applicable to human pluripotent cells as well. What we, uh, what we developed for human ES cells all come from the mouse work. So at the end, I know that they are going to be useful for um, translational approaches in humans, but the honest answer is that's not, the, that's not the main reason. For me, main reason is the curiosity. <laughs> so if you could give a piece of advice to your younger self about career choices, what would you say? Would you take the same route? Because you are so motivated about your work, my guess would be yes, but what would you say? Uh, I would do exactly the same thing. I would I have gone, um, I have drawn my career route uh, according to how my heart felt. <laughs> so I would go the same way. What I would do though is when I was younger, I was, um, I was too hard on myself. I didn't realize that science, uh, and the experimental outcomes can be unpredictable. And it was hard for me to live with that. Sometimes I saw experimental uh, failures as personal failures, and I beat myself up for that. Um, I, over time, I learned that science, you know, you should be open to any, any um, surprises, sometimes bad surprises. I think I... I, I I now handle bad surprises or experimental failures better. I would, I would tell my younger self to be, uh, to be uh, less harsh <laughs> on myself. But I think I just, I was more a perfectionist. Now I'm not. <laughs> I mean, again, I do my experiments very well. But what I'm saying is, 
okay, I'm not so frustrated uh, when things don't work the first time, the second time, or sometimes the third time, I think I became more resilient. I was less resilient before. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to interview you. Thank you. Thank you.